0: What's up? I'm Blair Brooks. And I'm Molly Lloyd, and welcome to What Fresh Hell Podcast Toddler Purgatory. Yes. Yes. Hey, before we get started, I just wanted to ask you guys, our awesome listeners, if you have a minute, please give us a rating and a review. You can do it right now, wherever you're listening. It really helps a new show to grow, spread our wings, get more listeners. Help us. Help us, poor little baby birds out. <laughs> we have tiny little wings. <laughs> Thank you so much, you guys. Hey, today we're talking about what's up with those picky eaters of ours. I've been looking at some Facebook groups lately, like parenting groups, and man, I have to tell you that that it's like one of the most popular topics that comes up is just the struggle to make sure our kids are <laughs> hopefully well fed or fed <laughs> at but- all,
1: at all poor things
0: at all. Are you experiencing that right now? I mean, we all know picky eating comes in and out, but what's going on in in the Blair household? Listen, let me tell you
1: this. There's a lot of things that I don't stand for. One of them is tight pants. And another one is picky eating. It's just something I grew up with it. My mom was like, what you get is what you get and you don't get upset. And this is what you're going to have. Peggy Brooks. Hashtag Peggy Brooks. Yeah. So I just kind of, I grew up that way. So I don't have picky eaters. And I should also say that I do love to cook. So from the jump, I made my kids food. When they started the solids, I made all their food. I thought you made them salads. I was like, you made them salads? Oh, solids! That makes... solids. That's how I like to say it. <laughs> My child's first food was a Caesar salad. Caesar salad. salad So, yeah. So, I make all their food and... Uh, or made all their food. And, yeah. Also, it sounds like you were blessed. Because, I mean, every kid is so different. Yeah. That, too. A lot. Yes. They're different. And... I must say that the two-year-old now is choosing what she wants to eat and what she doesn't want to eat. So I have a picky eater developing. Oh, she's like getting choosier about what she's willing to. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. What about D-Man?
0: D-Man is, you know, he has gone through phases. He does that thing where he's actually a pretty good eater. He's been pretty good from jump, which is great. He's never really liked green beans. But then the other day we got him at a restaurant and they had done like a really nice something sautéed. I'm sure they were just coated in butter and olive oil or something. Of course. (laughs) And he was like, I yike him, I yike green beans. (laughs) So that was a nice discovery. But he's essentially been pretty good. However, he does have phases. And I know that some parents listening right now, their children have much longer phases, like, say, three to five years (laughs) of picky eater. And I want to say that I feel you and I Mm. can imagine that the struggle is just wearing. I mean, it just wears you down because those times when D-Man, you know, was either picking at his food, refusing, what he does is he gets distracted. He is highly distractible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like no attention span dude. And I heard someone say, well, I re- or read somewhere, that you should only expect your kid to be able to sit at the dining table with you for one minute for every year that they are alive. Wait, what? Yes. So they can only sit at the table right now for four minutes? For four minutes? Yeah. And I would say some nights that's true and some nights it's not. Some nights we sit and have a 20 to 30 minute meal and talking and laughing and doing our thing. So, you know, I don't know whether or not I think that that's a blanket statement for all kids. But I thought that was an interesting goal, particularly if your child has a problem sitting at the dining table. And if that is one of their eating challenges is actually being able to sit there with you at the table.
1: You know what I don't get is, and this is part of like the issue that I have sometimes is that it's not that they don't like certain things. It's like they don't like the certain type of thing, like say for pasta, like they love spaghetti, but they won't eat like a farfalle. What is that? The bow tie. That's the like a corkscrew. Oh, sorry it's the chef in me i (laughs) use all of the correct terminology for the pasta and i'm
0: like okay wait so does that come in like a brown box or a white box because that's all i know about pasta. (laughs) is it like a
1: long box or is it like a short squatty box (laughs) that's what what i know about pasta i mean but it's like it's a noodle but how do you explain that to a two and four year old it's all made of the same things y'all it's just a different way it's made and it's like well i don't like it anyway i want the spaghetti yeah whatever you know, I have some things that come up
0: like that for my son where it's like the color. Just last night, we had four cheese tortellini, and half of them were the pasta was like a green color. Although it wasn't like a spinach tortellini, but it was green, and then the other half was regular pasta color. And he didn't say anything, but he did seem slightly more hesitant about eating <laughs> the green one. And I wanted to be like, eh, it's all the same thing, dude. But it's a funny thing, you know, the shape that they're in or the colors the colors oh my gosh totally can be a real deterrent so listen if you're out there and you have a picky eater or gosh picky eaters if you have more than one child you may have more than one picky eater Ah, just know that you are not alone you are not alone (laughs) oh that's so moving. I also sing. I also <laughs> sing. Just like you guys know. You cook and you sing. I'm going to marry you. You're a dream. <laughs> so this, you know, I read an article in Parents Magazine, a pediatric nutrition expert in Miami named Marina Chaparro. She says that the advice that she gives parents at her nutrition practice, that much of what we consider picky eating is actually normal developmental behavior. Phases when kids assert their independence... How many times do we see that, right? By controlling, there's that word again, control, what they eat and being naturally wary of new foods. Uh, Margaret on the what Fresh Health podcast calls that it's a biological imperative. They, We have been evolved to get to the point where our kids are picky about what they eat, particularly in the beginning, because don't eat the poison berries. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> yes. We call those bird berries, but don't eat the bird berries, little one. Yes, D-Man would be like, they're only for the birds. They're only for the birds. <laughs> That's right, kid. So, yeah, so it is a biological imperative to keep alive. Survival, baby. Survival of the fittest. Yes. So I think one thing that can kind of ease our minds collectively as parents is, you know, it's so developmentally natural for our kids to be picky eaters. So how do we get these faces
1: fed How do we get them fed? How do we keep them healthy? You know, here's the thing. Like I said, and you all will come to know if you don't already know that I go a little bit of the... I take the hard line. (laughs) As a parent? Yeah. A lot of the times if my kids aren't eating, I'm just like, okay, cool. Then you're going to go to bed hungry. And I have paid for that by being woken up at like 4 o'clock in the morning like, Mama, I'm hungry. (laughs) You know, like, Mama, 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 I'm hungry but it's also like for my sanity kind of a thing. yeah. Because I also don't like to, as much as I do enjoy cooking, I don't like to cook a bunch of, I'm not a lunch lady. I'm not cooking a bunch of stuff. Right, you're not a, a short order cook. I'm not a short order cook, and I'm not going to be. And I have fallen into that trap, though, a couple times, too. I have, too. I have definitely been like, gosh, he didn't eat a thing today Mm -hmm. or he Mm -hmm. ate lightly at
0: lunch and then refused his dinner. And I find myself like, okay, if I just get a half an avocado and a couple other things on a plate that I know he'll eat, at least I know he's covered. But we can't make that a habit, right? Because then that becomes the expectation is I don't need to eat dinner. Mom will just or dad
1: will just make me one later. Yep. They take advantage. Listen, you give them not even an inch. Yeah. You give them a scooch and they'll take 10,000 miles. Right. You know, we have a thing a
0: couple of years ago where my son was sick and wasn't eating. And I think I have told you the story about he ended up in the hospital with a hypoglycemic episode. His blood sugar dipped really low. And um, I did not know this. I didn't tell you that. Yeah. No. So, yeah, the short version is that he had a fever and wasn't feeling well and was barely eating. And then when he did eat, he didn't have any carbs. I, you know, he ate. I can't remember what he had a, a little some milk and then he like took the hot dog out of the bun and had half a hot dog something like that so typical yeah and so he wasn't his body needed more sugars so his he crashed and we got him into the emergency room and they gave him the big cartoon <laughs> syringe size it looked it felt like a cartoon <laughs> mm. lady they give him the big syringe <laughs> of blood sugar water and he perked uh-huh. right up and they kept him at we were in Rhode Island at the time. So they kept him at Hasbro Children's Hospital, which we were very fortunate to have access to. Yeah, because it's a great hospital. But they kept him for a couple of days, mostly to observe him. And they brought it back up and they figured out that it was an anomaly. It hasn't happened since then. It's only happened that one weird time. Of course, he looks back on it and he says, oh, yeah, the hospital where I got to ride the big wheels. Because he was at Hasbro Children's Hospital. Oh. So you can imagine other uh, toys there. All of the toys. Oh, I want to go there. Yeah, so he thinks it was like <laughs> Santa's workshop. <laughs> meanwhile, I'm like, oh, that was the worst experience of my life. The worst. But because of that, how that relates to this is that I have to be careful that I don't also get into the trap of... It's a bit of a trap that of saying, oh, it's okay if he doesn't have any dinner or... right. I let him get distracted because I know that he's going to have a bedtime snack because we have to give him a bedtime Mm, snack. mm -hmm. That's fairly, it's not large, I wouldn't say, but it covers the bases. It's usually like a scoop of full fat yogurt with maybe some bunny grams or something around them and fresh fruit Mm, of some kind. That's kind of. Bony gramps. I mean, so good. So I know that he's going to get a healthy snack before he goes to bed because essentially of our constant state of panic that that kind of hospital stays is is going to happen again. Right. So we're incredibly. Of course. Yes. So I know that. So I have to really kind of lean into serving him a dinner that I have to remember to lean into serving him a dinner that not only introduces new things, but also gives him what I know he likes. But also not say to myself, take it for granted that he's going to have a nice big snack before
1: dinner. So does that make sense? That does make sense. So I have a question. Does that mean that you have to, like, include certain things into his meals? Like, you have to do more carbs or, like, it has to be a variety of things in order to keep him stable? Like, his- Yeah, like, I, do we have to do anything special because of that incident? The good news is, no,
0: we don't, other than just having... Like most parents trying to do the best we can with a healthy, balanced meal. And then like the nighttime snack, at least for me, can't just be an apple. Okay, mm-hmm. You know, that kind of thing, because I need to and maybe it's just for me at this point, but I need to be assured that he's going to have enough balance, you know, a little bit of each thing in his body to get him through the night. Totally. Oh, D-Man.
1: I'm glad you're Okay. That's scary.
0: So there's a few things that we can do. That was a tangent. (laughs) There's a few things that we can do, right, to make ourselves feel better and to really just kind of help ease our minds. The first thing, of course, is to know that you are not alone. Blair, can you think of one of your friends, mom or dad friends (sighs) Mm -hmm. or caretaker friends that
1: haven't been through this at some point? Like, oh, what do I do? Not one. Not one. There's always at some point. And listen, from top to bottom. I mean, let's talk about for two seconds. Talk about tangent. Let's talk about breastfeeding, formula feeding. All that stuff was straight out the gate. Yes. When a baby don't take a boobie or when a baby don't take a nipple from a bottle. That's stressful. It's the same type of thing, right?
0: Yeah. And every kid is so different. My son never took a bottle. He did like a couple times. And when he was born, he was six pounds, nine ounces. And within Like a few days, he was down to five pounds, 13 mm -hmm, ounces. mm -hmm. So he had to go on the supplemental stuff. And so he took it then. And then later on, we tried to introduce a bottle and it just never really stuck. Mm -hmm. You should see the collection of bottles I have. We tried every one. I'm like, oh, God, we got to get this one. We got the glass, the larger nipple, the smaller nipple, Dr. Brown's, this, that. You try everything. Everyone. Yep. And it just never really stuck. A couple of times he took it kind of when my parents were here and taking care of him
1: you know but that was about it oh wow so yeah you're right it starts from jump it does and that's the stuff that you're not really prepared for it's just like oh wait oh like this eating thing it isn't like they just like pick up a nipple and just start throwing it down you know there i bet there are some kids who do and they're just like boom i've arrived (laughs) yeah probably just like (laughs) this is amazing welcome to earth (laughs) Who are those kids?
0: I wish I didn't know. Who are they? God, I love them. So one thing that we are in control of, right? Because we, as we learn so much, we're not in control of our kids. We are only in control of our reactions to what our kids do, right? Uh, Yes. So one thing we can do that has helped me is I heard someone say once to aim for a healthy week and not for a healthy day. Oh. And somehow, yes, as far as nutrition, right? Yeah. So look at your look at the week that you've had. How do we do? Do we get some greens into that kid? <laughs> and do we have a good amount of balance over the course of the week? And you feel so much more in control because then each day just feels like a step towards your goal as opposed to at the end of the day feeling like crap because right 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 you didn't achieve whatever goals you thought you needed for that day.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I think along the lines of that too. It might be on this list. But along the lines of that, too, is um, making the greens, the healthy stuff, like fun. I know that I like to, in the mornings for the kids, sometimes we make pancakes. And I'll put a little peanut butter on it. But then I'll make a, a smiley face with some apple and some eyes with some blueberries. You know, So I know at least they're getting that healthy fruits in. And then... Yes. Or at lunchtime, I'll make like a little salad for them and make hair out of lettuce and you know care out of shredded carrots you know just like making it look fun and then also just give them a little uh little dip little sauce little dip dippy dippy sauce sauce why not and also so
0: there are so many good and healthy dips right now there's like a yogurt dip we had once it was like a ranch but yogurt based dip and i was like yes 10 times
1: yes yes Oh, or, ready for this, my kids love, I make a goddess dressing, but with avocado, and put some Greek yogurt in that, oh, please give me more, and olive oil, it's so good, it's so good.
0: Have you heard about people making tuna salad with avocado instead of mayo? No.
1: What kind of ungodly mess is that? Apparently it's great. (laughs) Really? I mean, if we're talking avocados, let's talk avocados. (laughs) Why not? I love them. I mean, I'd give it a shot. Listen, I don't shoot down any kind of food.
0: Yeah. And also, avocado has this ability to be, <laughs> I don't know how to say it, delicious and yet taste like nothing all at the same time. All at the same And be good for you.
1: All at the same time.
0: And be good for you. For the most part, right? Hey. An article once, the way the headline was something about avocados, they're not as good as, as you think they are. And I was like, delete, delete, delete. <laughs> I'm never going to read that article. <laughs> I love my avos. Shout out to avocados. Hey, when we come back, we're going to talk about some more things that are in our control, about our reacting to our kids' picky eating, and other ways that we can help our kids get through this and help
1: ourselves
0: get through this time of picky eating. Come on back.
1: When you bring your child home for the first time, you want a baby monitor you can trust. Welcome back. We are talking. We are Gavin, about picky eaters and how we all got them. Yeah, how we all got them and just eating in general. Yes, and eating
0: in general. And how do we get our kids to eat healthy and, you know, just get what they need throughout the week, we hope. So far, we've talked about aiming for a healthy, well-nourished week as opposed to a well-nourished day. So to take that pressure off us, what are some things that we have tried that don't work? Let me tell you something. <laughs> One of the biggest things I found in my research was don't offer dessert as a reward. Oops. I mean, oopsie-doops. <laughs> Guilty as charged.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, it's so hard sometimes when you know your kid has been playing for hours or whatever, and then at dinner, they don't want to eat anything. And you're like, no, I, you need energy. You need to recharge your body, etc." And inevitably... And our problem, too, I have to admit, one of the articles I read said, hey, just don't have junk food in the house. I was like, "Okay, (laughs) take it easy. take it
2: easy."
0: (laughs) One of our problems in our house is that we do have some sweet stuff. I have a sweet tooth. It's not filled. The house isn't filled. We have one, you know, shelf way above. But, But we are a bit of sweet tooth. So we have to be careful about that. We don't, you know, keep cookies at eye level or anything like that, of course. But my son knows I got mustache.
1: Oh, mine, too. What's normally in your stash? Here's one for you. Ready? Nutella has made these new things called Nutella biscuits. Let me tell you this. We have an Italian deli across from us that sells them $8 a bag. Okay. They're always sold out. So what do I do? I go on Amazon, $13 a bag. Oh my gosh. And they're also always sold out. And sometimes like, you know, those off sellers that they have on Amazon. Yeah. $25 a bag. (gasps) <gasps> why you gotta hose me that is how good they are molly so i have two currently because i got some yesterday in my stash and my little one saw whoop, that's mama's treat that's mama's treat
0: sorry mine is generally the things in the 75 percent off aisle at cvs a week <laughs> after easter
1: <Yes-a>. whatever
0: <laughs> whatever they got i think right now they're like i'm um, a. Uh, Butterfinger eggs or
1: something. Ooh. Yes. So yes, good. So, yes. the upshot is, we, we gotta be careful with our <laughs> sweet stash, right? We, we, the dessert is uh, plentiful and bountiful in the house, so we gotta make sure the kids don't have it. Oh, so this article I read from the Mayo Clinic says,
0: withholding dessert sends the message that dessert is the best food. Because, like, you have to have this thing that isn't good, your regular food, in order to get the best food. Because it is? <laughs> But it's not the best food for them, of course. For you. Right, right, right,
1: right, right, right. But it
0: might only increase your child's desire for sweets. You might select one or two nights a week as dessert nights. I like that. And skip dessert the rest of the week or have it after they go to bed. Or redefine dessert as fruit, yogurt, or other healthy choices, which actually a friend of mine does, which I think is really, really smart. Have it be like a couple of strawberries or a really good mandarin orange or something like that, which I love that idea, too. That's really good. a fruit
1: salad, if you will. Yes, exactly.
0: (laughs) Another thing I read that we should avoid is serving the same food every day to appease them. Hashtag dino nuggets. (laughs) Every night. Pizza, pasta, all the things. And so I've read in quite a few articles about sticking to the rotation rule. So that means that you never serve the same food two days in a row, even in your snacks. So if you give baby carrots with hummus as one of your snacks, the next day it would be broccoli stalks or it would be whatever. And if they ask for baby carrots, say, oh, we don't have baby carrots today or we won't be eating baby carrots today, but you can have some tomorrow. So you can rotate like an every other day situation.
1: It's just you never give them the same food every, like two days in a row, rather. You can't do that. And then not only that, but I think when you don't rotate foods or you don't introduce them to new foods, it just makes you a a picky adult. And after having worked in the food and beverage industry for so long, I always found that sometimes picky adults are sometimes worse than picky toddlers.
0: Ah, interesting. Well, that's true. I guess if you only, if your palate is developed (laughs) as a child with only a few foods, I imagine it would be more of a challenge to expand that palate, if you will, as an adult. That makes absolute total sense. And, you know, same with the sweets thing. I always go back and forth about that. Like, my parents never let us have sweet cereals. Me either! I was never allowed to have sweet cereals. Isn't that funny that it was, like, too sugary? And Mm -hmm. now, like, even talking about it right now, I can feel the back of my throat where my tonsils used to be kind of like (laughs) <laughs> Getting like <laughs> like two little monsters back there, like give us Fruit Loops because yes. for some reason, even though I didn't develop that sweet cereal palette when I was a kid, there are certain things now to me that are like, oh my gosh, like the golden ring, like or the, what's it called, the grabbing the brass ring or whatever ring on the carnival carousel. So to me, that's <laughs> like Fruit Loops or Fruity Pebbles or something like that. I'm like
1: Fruity Pebbles. <laughs> Mm-mm. So,
0: so good. but dabba good. So I go back and forth about that. I go back and forth about whether withholding those kind of things from a child will make them want it more when they're older
1: or we, are you actually helping them to develop a more healthy palate? Well, here's the thing too. They now make, I mean, listen, when we were kids, it was like sugar cereals or grape nuts, right? Yes, that's true. At least like now you have like all these brands that make sugar cereals, like a version of st- Sugar cereals, but they're a little bit more healthy, if you will.
0: Yeah, sure. Yes. The organic version, or they're using more natural sugars or whatever. Yeah, that's very true.
1: Yeah, like we give our kids, it's like tricks, but it's called Gorilla Munch and it's like healthy ish. That sounds great. It is delicious. I have had myself a cup of two of gorilla munch dry and with milk i mean it's delicious and it's not too sweet and it's great oh that's good and every once in a while for anything everything in
0: moderation right it's not like you're down in that 10 times a day i mean well depends on what time
1: of month it is for me but yeah Mm -hmm.
0: that's true (laughs) and then you know the last thing we'll talk about as far as what doesn't work and we've all done this you know what doesn't work losing your cool don't lose your cool and let me tell you something we all have we are all human oh yeah For sure. And I can imagine how frustrating it must be every meal, every day with, you know, your picky eater or picky eaters, how that can really wear on you. And just know, you know, toddlers and kids under six, really, we're talking about most, you know, all those kids, they eat a lot of times a day. They're not, you know, just three meal a day humans. They're five to six meals a day. We're talking three scheduled meals and two to three snacks throughout the day. So you have ample opportunity to get some new things in front of them, get some healthy things in front of them. So try and take that pressure off yourself.
1: Yeah. So if you need to just toss the mac and cheese in the microwave and warm it up, do it. If they want a slice of bread, just do it. They want just like a slice of cheese, do it. Just do it. Just throw it at them. Give it to them because it's not worth you losing your cool. And ruining your dinner, your filler-upper, because your kid won't eat. Or they're being picky.
0: Don't do it. Don't stress. Now, what do you think about that? Just to push back on that a little bit, when I think about that, does
1: that caving? I mean, sometimes, yes. I feel like sometimes you, I, I won't say everyone. But yeah, sometimes if I have a picky moment and they aren't doing what I tell them to do or they're not eating and I'm stressing that I'm not a short order cook. But I also know that sending them to bed hungry is going to stress me out more than a kid fresh pasta in the microwave.
0: So it sounds like being consistent is super important, but every once in a while, you also have to be human.
1: You have to. I
0: think that that should just be
1: like our subtitle. Toddler Purgatory. Welcome to it. You're human regardless. (laughs) Right. And so it's hard to be... (laughs) Perfect. And oh, my
0: gosh, have you ever seen those amazing lunches on like TikTok or Instagram <laughs> that the, uh, <laughs> the people make like ladybugs out of like mm-hmm. strawberries? And I'm like, oh, man, they're so amazing. They are works of art, but we all can't do those things. I don't think I have that artistic talent in any way. They're so amazing, but not all of us can do that. So all we can do is what we can. Another great thing I read about what might ease our minds and might actually work for you as opposed to what doesn't work. So that article from the Mayo Clinic was talking about another thing we kind of have control over. Of course, if you're concerned that picky eating is compromising your child's growth and development, consult your child's doctor. And that doctor can help you have a growth chart and track what they're eating. And that's actually something that you can do at home. If you want to, just for two or three days, write down everything that enters your child's mouth. Just for a couple of days. They suggest three days. And that big picture might help ease your worries. It's sort of the same thing as stepping back and looking at the week instead of the day. Over the course of three days, what are our patterns, right? So we're trying to be as consistent as we can. We're trying to have meal routines, serving our meals around the same time every day. Give ourselves two to three hours. Give our kid two to three hours between the last snack and the meal so that they're hungry. But when you write that down and are able to see the big picture, it might give you a better sense of control, too. And it can help your doctor, your
1: child's doctor, determine any actual problems that might be going on. Mine would look something like this. Eggs, bacon. Strawberries, blueberries, booger, shoe, (laughs) PBJ, weird couch feather, (laughs) jelly bean he found in his car seat
0: from last Easter, not the one from this past spring, (laughs) last year's Easter. Oh, so many times I look up and he has something in his mouth. I'm like, don't ask, don't ask, don't ask. Okay, what's in your mouth? (laughs) I found it. Oh, boy. That's
1: a quarter. Get it out of your mouth.
0: Oh, God. That's a whole different kind of eating. The worst. That's a whole (laughs) different. So quite a few ideas we came up with from our research. So sticking to the routine, make sure you don't have any of those juice or milk between meals. That has been helpful. I heard that a while ago, and that really helped me, too, was I think I actually heard it from our dentist now that I think about it. But ah, yes, yes, yes. I think our dentist still does the same thing. And I was like, okay. But then thinking about it, I was like, oh, yeah, I guess we're pretty good about that. But I will admit we sometimes do like a juice box or something, particularly if it's hot out and I just want him to be hydrated. So, you know, pick your battles. Do the best you can. But try not to have a big old (laughs) 60-ounce bottle of apple juice in your kid before dinner time. Because those juice and milk between meals does fill them up. So try to stick to water and only have those with meals. Like I said before, allow two to three hours between snack time. And mealtime, a hungry kid tends to be slightly less picky. Of course, I know some of you out there are listening and being like, yeah, tried that. Didn't work. (laughs) (laughs) Give yourself some grace. It takes time. Give some patience to your kid. You know, they're in such a wild time in their life trying to get control, trying to be in charge of something. Right. Something. Just give me control of something. Yes. And just hit them with the healthy stuff the next time they eat, if they skip a meal or only eat one thing. And also, one big thing I read was, this was eye-opening to me, serve the right size portions. Yes. Pediatrician Dr. Mary L. Gavin in an article I read in kidshealth.org says parents often overestimate how much food a child should eat, especially foods that aren't yet favorites. A couple of tablespoons is plenty to start with. Now, not dissimilar from the one minute at the table for every year old that they are, (laughs) the concentration level. I also
1: read that about one tablespoon for every year they are of a certain thing. Yeah, I do that. Like little things. Like, if I'm introducing something, I'm only going to give them a little bit of it. Because if they don't like it, it's done forever. What movie? Forever. I don't know. What movie? What movie? Sandlot. Sandlot. Deep cut.
0: <laughs> that was a deep cut movie, wrap. That was a deep cut. That
1: was a deep cut.
0: Yes. You know, one of the articles I read said... Put a To introduce a new food, put a piece of it on the plate that could be blown away if the wind blows. (laughs) Like that small, like start super small. I thought that was so funny. I'm like, that's literally a speck of dust. That's a speck of dust. Yeah. Small portions are less overwhelming and while bigger portions may encourage overeating. On Ask Dr. Sears, Dr. Sears is a pediatrician. He says, here's a rule of thumb or rather of hand. A young child's stomach is approximately the size of their fist. So dole out small portions at first and refill the plate when your child asks for more. It helps with the picky eater. It also has the added benefit of stabilizing blood sugar levels, which in turn minimizes mood swings. Let me tell you something. That's my life. I have a hangry kid. Yeah, I have a hangry kid at the table. Yeah. If I can get a little something into him and he levels out, then all of a sudden he's sitting longer. All of a sudden he's trying new things because he has control over his emotions. He's not as hangry. You know
1: what else works for me? What? I will tell you. Okay, so one day I was just kind of busy and I was just like I didn't have time to like make a full lunch and put it on the table for them. So I took a muffin tin and I just put different things inside of it and they loved it. It was like I, I don't know, foodapalooza. They were having such a great time and just like they like ooh, what's in this one? It's like pretzel. I mean it was nothing. Pretzels, cheese cubes, little rolled up pieces of turkey yes you know cut up uh tomatoes and grapes but because I guess because it was presented in a funnish kind of way sure they went to town so now what I do is I have days where that's what we do that's how we eat our lunch or that's how we eat our dinner and then I, I like, love that yes it's kind of like for me when I was a kid breakfast for dinner do you ever do that when you're that's one of the things on my list oh <gasps> yeah turn, turn it around turn it around turn it
2: around
0: Round and round. Every now and then I have dinner for breakfast and breakfast for dinner. Turn yes! around.
1: <laughs> oh, no.
0: <laughs> yes. Isn't that so fun? Mm-hmm. Just flip it. Make it fun. Back it down, up, flip it, up, it and up. reverse it.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> we just dropped the same deep cut reference at the same time. You're welcome. <sighs> hey, guys, when we come back, we're going to come up with some more super fun ways to encourage your kids to have fun. Try different foods and take some pressure off yourself. We'll be right back. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell, Laughing in the Face
2: of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom.
0: (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom.
1: and now how dinner time might look at your house tonight from toddler
0: purgatory chicken fingers what kind of monster serves breaded chicken in a finger shape you know i only consume my breaded
1: foods in a dinosaur shape we've discussed this Try it? <laughs> no thanks. I don't want to try it. I can already tell I don't like it.
0: Excuse me, ma'am, mom, ma'am. This seems to be a pork chop. I believe I ordered the sugary cereal, hold the milk for this evening's meal. Please take this away immediately. The peas are touching my bread. <laughs> the peas are touching
1: my bread. I'm going to need to speak to a manager immediately.
0: So, darling, I found the vegetables you were hiding
1: under the pasta. Oh, adorable. Nice try, amateur. Oh, I believe I'll start with the bread. And then as an appetizer, let's see. Ooh, the bread. And then for my main course. Ooh, I think I'll have some bread with a side of ketchup. <laughs> Thank you so much.
0: Meatloaf? This is not how Nana makes meatloaf. She doesn't put that weird green stuff on top. Oh, no! Hold it! Save it! I don't care about vegetables. Zero stars!
1: Although I enjoy every single component of this meal individually, really, I do. Now that you've combined them into a casserole, I can no longer even slightly consider eating them, okay? Not a chance. I'm legit horrified. And this has been how dinner time might look at your house tonight. From Todd the Purgatory welcome back
0: let me tell you something in parents.com parents magazine i've got a great suggestion it says they essentially say let kids play with their food Ooh, really mm-hmm. I know. oh no <laughs> you guys can't see it but blair has a grimace on her face like <laughs> stunned and appalled at the same time which is exactly how i feel about kids playing with their food keep going anyway Okay, so here's an idea. They quote a study at the University of Eastern Finland. You know those Scandinavian countries know what's up when it comes to kids. That they do. That they do. And they say that kindergarten spent hands-on time with fruits and veggies in their classroom by baking and cooking with them, growing a garden, and seeing food-related themes in books and games. As a result, those kids were more likely to choose these food groups from a snack buffet than kids who didn't have these classroom activities. Now, I was going to bring that up because of your great idea with the muffin tins. Or if you have a smaller child, you can use an ice cube tray and have little sections of food. And that might be a great opportunity for them to be exploring with their hands different kinds of food, too. So, you know, maybe that's a tactic that might work for you. Maybe not Blair.
1: (laughs) You know why? Because I was thinking, like, playing with their food. I literally was thinking, like, they would say, like, just throw down a mat and just put a bunch of food on there and just let them go down. Let them just rub it around and just, you know, figure it out, which would be my ultimate nightmare because I don't like when things get sticky or gooey or messy. So that's what I was thinking. But my four-year-old goes to a Scandinavian school and they have This is going to sound so bougie, and it is. They have a vegan chef who cooks for them every day, and they have their own garden, and the kids help out. So good. I mean, granted, he still doesn't eat the cabbage goulash that they make, (laughs) but... I mean, I'm with him on that. (laughs) Listen, I am, too. I mean, I like a cabbage, but, you know. Well, that's... (laughs) (laughs) Excuse me, (laughs)
0: Which leads us directly into another suggestion that I read about, which is, you know, it's so like, what's the word? This is an intuitive thing that is an amazing reminder, certainly for me, which is include them. Include your kid. If some of this struggle that your kid is having is a struggle for control, to have some say in their day, that kind of thing. A bid for attention. Include them. Bring them to the grocery store with you or to the farmer's market, especially outside stuff right now is feels good. Help them choose the tomatoes. Help them choose stuff. They use their hands. They hold the bag, right? Kids naturally want to help. They are helpers. Don't buy anything that you don't want your child to eat. So bring them to the vegetable section. Bring them to the fruit section. Then when you get home, encourage your child to help you rinse the veggies or stir the batter or set the table. So it's all about giving them a feeling of
1: inclusion and a feeling of choice. You know, I have to work on this one because I am sometimes so much of a control freak and my time. It's like end of the night when I'm in charge of dinner and they're like, oh, can we help? And I'm like, no, get out of here. I got 10 minutes to get, you know, so I have to right. So I have to be better about that. Now, their father makes them uh, breakfast and he's good about like they help, you know, they help him make pancakes, you know, because he's. You know, he's the fun parent. Sure, I get it. So I could definitely, but I have noticed when I do relinquish control that including them on the process of making dinner, they tend to be a little bit more happy to eat it. Yeah. And like pumped to eat it. Yeah, which is nice. Yeah, it's that feeling of I did this. I helped with
0: this. Yeah, which is great to give them. And It is relinquishing a little control and a lot of it. For me as a parent is about time. And I just have to like give them my time, (laughs) you know,
1: like you got to give them the time. Very little. I have of it. You can have some. Yes. Yeah.
0: And it's that flexibility, that balance of flexibility with your time and also sticking to your schedules that they're eating around the same time, that kind of thing. But, man, I agree. Every time I've given, you know, handed over the silverware or, you know, Mm -hmm. he brings out the bowls of all the little things for taco night or whatever. It's more fun for everybody. Which is awesome. And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to make this fun and not a situation that's always filled with anxiety. It's, look, it's not always going to be fun. Like meal times are <laughs> challenging. It's not always going to be fun. It's not always going to be fun. It's not always going to be fun.
1: But we're going to do We're that. not here to lie to you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> nope, that's not what we do. We don't lie. <laughs> and one thing, you know, kind of what we were saying earlier about keeping your cool is also
1: modeling at the table yeah. what a good eater does. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And also along those lines, too, is i really try to do this. Everyone eats the same thing. Yeah. Right. And I know that because of the fact that we do have a lot of picky eater situations, a lot of parents will feed their kids first. Right. Right. And they'll have the dino nuggets and the, you know, whatever. I really try to like everybody's going to eat what mommy's preparing. And even if it's not what you want you have to try it. You can't say you don't like something without trying it. And everybody's going to eat it together.
0: That's great. I mean, I think that's a great goal. Whatever your family unit may be, whether it's just you and your kid or kids or friends or grandparents or caretakers or whatever you can do whenever you can to sit down and make, you know, dinner or lunch or breakfast or whatever an opportunity to model what a good eater does to say, hey, we're all having the same thing. And maybe your kid's plate looks a little different. I mean, it literally looks different. It's plastic. It has three or four <laughs> sections. I mean, it looks <laughs> different. Although now my son is like, nope, he wants a. He calls them big, chunky adult silverware. He wants the <laughs> big, chunky forks. Yeah. And he wants like the oversized plates that are essentially like. For giants. I'm like, okay, (laughs) fine. But he wants to be part of the gang. And so, like, make it a gang. Make it a team. Make meals a time when we all sit down and and we're all trying new things. We're modeling healthy eating habits as much as we can. You know, there are going to be days when it's not possible. But do the best you can. Another cool thing I read is if you have another child or a friend who's around the same age who you know is a good eater, have them come over. They call it creating positive peer pressure.
1: <laughs> I
0: don't know. I love that. I mean, have you ever heard two things together for the first time, positive and peer pressure? <laughs> Today's the day. And they'll also model good, healthy eating habits. And that might help even better for some of our children who
1: are moving into the phase of being more impacted by their peers. But, yeah, <laughs> totally. Totally. But it wouldn't be so all I'm imagining is just like you're like calling up your kid's friend. Hey, can Stewie come over? I don't know why it was Stewie. Um, can Stewie come over? It's, I don't know. Stewie. It's 1953 over here. <laughs> can Stewie come over? <laughs> can Stewie come over? No, Stewie's already eaten his dinner. No, no, no. But I, what you don't understand is that I need him to eat with my kid. He's like the Stewie's full. No, no, no. Just have him come over here. and Just have a couple bites of this broccoli casserole for me. But Stewie's full. You need to send Stewie over right now. Send him over now so my kid can eat.
0: <laughs> oh, Stewie saves the day yet again. Always. You know, all so much of this stuff is connected and yeah, sitting down as much as we can with Stewie or another favorite neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> to model good behavior is going to help you in the end. Do the best you can. Another way to model good behavior at the table is, as we say in my
1: house, the table is a no-phone zone. No-phone zone. No-nothing zone. No-TV zone. Yep. We listen to music. That's the one thing we do do. We do listen to music when we eat.
0: We do as well, but I don't tend to eat my tortellini as well to Radiohead as my husband does. <laughs> I'd like a little, uh, you know, mellow Sam Smith, a little, uh, what's his name? Ed Sheeran in the background. And all of a sudden, all I can hear is
1: like,
0: I have a sad song in my head. I have a. So I'm like, can you please shut off Radiohead? I can recognize objectively that it's a good band. I get it. I went to a show. <laughs> I get it. I get it. I went to a show 20 years ago and I had a pretty good time. However,
1: (laughs) I love Spotify makes these really great like, oh, their playlists are so good. I love cool dinner jazz. Oh, okay, Yes. Oh, yeah. I'll dip my toe in that tonight. Oh, it's so good. And I love to cook to it, have a little glass of vino with it and then eat. The kids love it. And then, of course, I get like, can we listen to gummy bear? that in gangnam style, which i mean i can get down to. That's actually one that doesn't get old for me because i really like to dance to it. But it usually chill dinner night music is uh interrupted by the gummy bear song or gangnam style.
0: And along with that about not having your table be a no phone zone or trying to minimize those electronics because they're not paying attention or they could be distracted so that they're not eating when they should be. Right. Yeah. Also, television advertising or those little 6 second videos that pop up when they're watching you know, trash truck or whatever on the phone, those could encourage them to have more sugary or less nutritious food because you don't often see a lot of commercials for carrots that you don't. Yes, it's for toys or a sugary thing. So try and keep that stuff out of there. So Blair, what are your takeaways from today? What do you think is going to change in your world?
1: Well, I definitely think that I am going to include my kids a little bit more. Yeah, me too. For like dinner time when I need to, you know, just kind of take a breath, which I make them do, but I don't do myself. (laughs) You know, just like take a breath and just say like, yo, come help me. Just kind of relinquish my own control. Yeah. I mean, like I said, like my kids, I am blessed. I am blessed. Hashtag blessed with some pretty good eaters and... Tomorrow, it's going to change because you just said that. Tomorrow, it's all going to change. Tomorrow, tune in tomorrow when my kids eat nothing.
0: (laughs) Stop eating altogether. Stop eating altogether. Exactly. It could change on a dime. And that's the big takeaway for me, too, is like, if you're in it right now, if you are in the trenches of living with a picky eater or eaters, nothing lasts forever. Ever. Most kids are going to grow out of it and you're going to find your rhythm. So try and take that pressure off yourself. Give yourself some time. And I know it sucks so bad sometimes, right? But all we can do is kind of take a step back again to get the big picture. Think of it as a nutritious week instead of a nutritious day. That's a good one.
1: That is definitely good that one. takes the pressure off a little bit
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because we're not going to always have
1: a gold star day. And then we got to take it off of ourselves to feel perfect every day. Well, and we don't as adults, you know, and especially not even as adults, as parents, you know, how many Mm -hmm. like our nutrition sometimes is not the best. I could definitely say that for myself, you know. Sure. So if we don't have nutritious days every day, okay, we can at least try to have. nutritious week that's another thing i read is to
0: depending on the age of your kid if they're a little older you know our five-year-olds versus our one-year-olds but if they can open the refrigerator door put things in front of them that is good for them if they have a, a little thing of baby carrots they know they can reach into grab that thing
1: yes or a snack uh where did i read this i think i saw this like on a facebook page or something in one of the many mommy groups that i follow Yes. But like have a little like a snack basket that's like within their reach. I mean, like don't overcrowd it because if you're like unlike my son, it'd be like done in with the snacks in like a day. But you know, organize them in a way where it's like, okay, these are the snacks that you can have and you're giving them the control, right? To pick what they want and to have what they want. And
0: there you go. Yeah. And that's what they're seeking. At least a little bit of this is about that. Oh, picky eaters, we're on to you. Oh,
1: we're on. We see you, kids, and we got you.
0: We see you, kids, and we just solved this, so beware. We just solved it. Get ready for the cutest dinners you've ever seen. (laughs) We're going to make dinner so fun, it's going to be, oh, the best day time of your life. Thanks so much, you guys,
1: for coming along on this picky eating journey with us. Yes, as always. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, review us whenever you listen to our podcast or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you guys so much. We really, really appreciate it. See
0: you soon. Bye bye. Bye.
2: Listen into Mom and Mind and walk with me through the world of perinatal mental health.
1: Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters